hello what's up everybody thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of brotherly love of sports this is your host Corey lovett and you already know i'm here with my co-host and my brother carl lovett jr how we doing today man things are okay just okay they're, they're okay got a little somber mood yeah for you, you know, today. I'm, I'm, I'm trying my best to keep put on put on a strong face on the outside but you know on the inside there's some, some dark stuff going Absolutely. on, but we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll get dive all into, into it. it. You know, we got to talk about the Nuggets versus the Lakers. We got to talk about can the Celtics make history. But first, before we talk about any of that, I just want to take the floor here for a second because, you know, there's something I want to talk about, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it. Earlier this week, you know, there was some news that, that broke. Um, a certain NBA player retired mm-hmm. by the name of Carmelo Anthony. Yes. And uh, I'm just going to take the floor here for a second. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. This is all you. As you know, many of you out there may not know, but Carmelo Anthony has been my favorite player since I, since I can remember, since I was little. Uh, you know, very influential to me. Um, he was a guy that was part of the reason, you know, I fell in love with the game of basketball, man. And, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't come on here and, you know, just say a few words about a guy who – who really impacted me and impacted my love for the game of basketball, man. And, you know, just to see see that news, you know, I knew I knew it was probably coming um, here soon, but, you know, just to see that news um, kind of, I'm not going to say it hurt me, but, you know, like I said, I was expecting it, but, you know, it's, it's just sad, you know, to see this era in. Obviously, you know, Melo came in 2023. That draft was just star-studded, you know, with LeBron going number one, obviously. Darko Miller's just going number two. <laughs> uh, Miller going three. And then also, you know, Wade and Bosch in that, in that draft. So that was obviously a star-studded draft. But, man, like I said, Melo has been my favorite player since as long as I can remember. You know, just, just one of the greatest scorers, I believe, to ever play this game. His ability to score the ball inside and out. You know, it was a time in his career, you know, in Melo's prime where, you know, he was, you know, and, and players have came out and talked about it. You know, even Kobe said, you know, he was one of the hardest players that he that he ever had to guard. So, yeah, Kobe said that he was one of the hardest players that he ever to, had to guard. And, you know, some other people have came out. I believe Paul George, Paul Pierce was uh, one of the person, you know, multiple people have talked about how Melo was just just a bully, man. You know, it was a point in his career where you know he was basically unguardable. You know, if you got up too close on him, he 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 blow by you. If you if you sagged off him, he'd pull up that that midi midi jump shot, and his jab step was just incredible. So just to watch this guy over the years has been an absolute joy to to watch his game and just like I said, one of the best scores that I've ever seen personally play the game and with you know with with his ability to score inside and out. You know, memorable moments are, you know, just come back to me. You know, the 62 in the garden, uh, that Easter Sunday game against Chicago, Chicago, the dunk over Paul Millsap, the 37 points in 14 minutes in when he was on Team USA versus Nigeria. Just just a lot of memorable moments, man. And, you know, and Melo has always been a guy, you know, I, I've I've gone to war for and. He's always, you know, had got a lot of criticism and a lot of hate, which I really don't understand. But you know, I can, I can, I can see it. You know, he he never won a ring and never was this 
this guy who won a lot of championships, but that's okay because greatness championships don't define greatness. Just because you didn't win championships doesn't mean that you won a great player. Because if that's the case, then we can sit up here and say Chauncey. Just just an example. Chauncey Billups was better. Was a better. Was a greater player than Charles Barkley, and we know that that's just simply not true. So just because the guy didn't win championships, the guy was still a great player, top seventy-five player all time, ten-time All-Star, six-time All-NBA, one-time scoring champ, and like I said, just and just to see that the the love that he got, you know, when there's a t- retirement was announced to me was just gratifying because like I said he's he's been a player that that has consistently got criticism and not to say that some of it wasn't warranted because you know some of it was warranted because you know he never he never won and you know like and I always preach that the ultimate goal is to win and it is but this guy changed Denver Nuggets basketball if you look at the history of Den- of Denver, just back from 1990, before before Melo was drafted in 2003, Denver Nuggets they missed the playoffs 11 out of the 13 13 times since 1990 prior to when Melo was drafted. They didn't miss the playoff once when Melo got there, so he was a pivotal part in rebranding the Denver Nuggets culture. Got to a conference final against Kobe. Ultimately lost. I'm not mad at that. But, and then there's been a lot of conversation about whether his number should be retired. You know, Joker has the number now. Here's my argument to that. Because I don't, you know, I believe that there's a way that you can retire both of their numbers. Because I I wholeheartedly believe that Melo's number belongs in the Raptors. In Denver, for sure. Because, like I said, he reshaped that culture. And a lot of people are saying, what did, what did he really do? What He didn't do anything there. And my question to you, what did David Thompson do? What did Alex English do? Not to diminish any of these guys, but my point being, David Thompson went to one conference final, just like Melo. Alex English, one conference final, just like Melo. Not to say that these guys aren't great. They were great in their own right. Own right. They didn't, they didn't, yes, they didn't capture the ultimate goal, but they were still great in shaping and branding the Denver Nuggets culture. So when I look at a player and I say, does that, does his number deserve to be retired? I believe absolutely. I believe there's a way that you can find, that you can find a way when Jokic is done, when all said and done, that you can retire both of their numbers. Because my question to you is, if the second best player in your franchise history can't get his jersey retired, something's got to be wrong there. Something has to be wrong there. And then, obviously, we know in New York, he was one of, one of the, the only superstar, superstars to take on that New York bright stage in the garden. And when he went there, he had some electric games, like I alluded to, 62 in the garden. And then Phil Jackson came in and just wreaked havoc and kind of just tore up a, a team that won 52 games. So like I said, man, Melo gets a lot of criticism. Like I said, some of it is warranted. But all in all, man, the guy had a great career, and he will be a first battle Hall of Famer, whether you like it or not. Whether you sit up here and say that he didn't win, or there's a lot of guys that won championships that 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 aren't great. There are a lot of guys that, that hitch, hitch rides. 
the guy is the first ballot Hall of Famer, man. And all I can sit up here and say, like I said, man, he's been my favorite player since as long as I can remember. A guy who really impacted me and 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 really influenced my love of the game of basketball. And, you know, I just want to say thank you to him, man, for all the the great years. And, and like I said, man, just a just an absolute joy to watch him over, over the past 19 years, you know. And obviously, you know, we, we seen what happened with Houston when he got blackballed out of the league. And just to see, I want to say thank you to Portland for giving him a chance. Because those, though, us Melo fans, man, we knew Melo had some left in the tank. And when Melo got to Portland, they let him play his game. They didn't try to make him a spot-up shooter like Houston did. So I I just want to say thank you to Portland for giving him a shot. And he proved that, you know, come, coming back and, and winning player of the week. So all in all, like I said, man, a tremendous career. A joy to watch him over the, over the years. Undoubtedly a first ball, first ballot Hall of Famer, top 75 player. Thank you, Melo. Yeah, well said. I don't. I don't, obviously don't have much to add to that. I mean, I think you pretty much covered everything. Yeah, uh, Melo. Uh, what a what a great career. Uh, one of the all time greats. There's no doubt about that. You know, and people if people don't you know don't want to acknowledge that, then they they're really just you know ignoring you know what goes into actually being a great player. Because I think Melo, you know, is a guy who. Who 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 has gotten a bad rap generally throughout his career? I agree. And I think what what Melo mostly falls victim to is you know that he came into the league, you know, with LeBron, you know, who is in my opinion the greatest ever, right. and Dwayne Wade. So he'll always be measured up to what those guys did, and not just so much what he accomplished. But that still doesn't take away from he uh, that he was a great player. Was he as great as those other guys? No. But I, I say all the time, guys, there's levels to greatness. There really is. I mean, to say someone's an all-time great doesn't mean that you're saying when, – when I say that LeBron's an all-time great, though, his level of greatness is different to team, but, but from Charles Barkley's level of greatness because those are two all-time great players, but there's levels to it, guys. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, what, that's what people fail to realize when they – you know, when you talk about players like Melo or Tracy McGrady or Allen Iverson or guys like great – all-time great players like that in their own right that didn't, you know – level the bevy of success that some of these other guys that still doesn't take away from their greatness and you said mellow yeah obviously obviously a first ballot hall of famer uh one of the one of the most gifted offensive players this generation has ever seen so yeah i don't, I don't have, have have much to be add to that you pretty much you know obviously, obviously you say he's been your favorite player since you've started watching basketball so yeah mellow hats off to you an all-time great career and uh it deserves to be celebrated and commended Thank you, seven or fifteen or seven five seven seven one five. However you want to do it, but yeah, must success must success to you in in into your to your next career because uh, I don't know if you if you seen Kai Kyan man he looks he looks he looks man, good he does he looks really good but you know they played against Bronny that time and you know that was uh, on ESPN I watched a little bit of that game and Kyan takes takes a lot after his dad you know he's he's a he's a pretty good scorer at his level so. I can't wait to see what what he'll what he'll be. He's like. a he's a sophomore, isn't he? I uh, yeah, I think he'll be a junior he's, next year. Yeah, yeah, he should be going. So yeah, junior. he he with Bryce. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Okay. But yeah, like I said again, man, much success success to you and in, into your next career. Now, you mentioned you mentioned LeBron. Mm-hmm. 
So we got to talk about it. Do you want to start here or do you want me to start? Uh, here? I, I'll go. Okay. I'll go. Okay. So obviously we've seen the Lakers. We both picked the Lakers to win this series. I picked six games. You picked seven games. And we, we weren't close. No. We it, were. was, it was a sweep. And the the Nuggets ran ran it away pretty handily. So I, I'll 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 kick it to you here, and then I'll follow you up. So what was your reaction to it? Were you surprised or just uh, give, give me your, give me your takeaways from? It. I, I I was I was surprised that it was a sweep. I was because I don't think anybody predicted that. But I, I I'm not surprised that the Nuggets won. Uh, but I am surprised in the fashion in which they won. Look, going it, away, yeah, yeah. It, it just simply comes down to this: the, the the Nuggets were just a better team, and they just outplayed the Lakers in every facet. Every facet, their two, their two stars outplayed the Lakers' two stars, that uh by by a wide margin, and their role players outplayed the Lakers' role players by by a, a wide margin. It was just that simple, and you know, I, I I said you know I said the key coming into this series was going to be you know because I had a feeling that Anthony Davis was and and Jokic was going to kind of cancel each other out. And I mean, when you look at the numbers wise, they they kind of did number number Numbers wise, wise. but if you but when watch you look, that series, yeah, if you watch yeah. the overall impact, it, I, I don't think anybody would debate that Jokic did not play Anthony Davis. Absolutely. But but I, I kind of had a feeling that you know Anthony Davis would kind of play up to the same level as Jokic. What I did not what I did not predict is that Jamal Murray would turn into Jamal Curry. I I didn't predict that. I mean, I did not predict. I mean, because cause you said because I think our, our last show that we did it was right after game one, mm-hmm. and he and he and he shot the lights out in game one, and we said we feel very confident because you know just as, just as hot as he yeah. was in that game, he's just capable of being as cold. Yep. And for three quarters in game two, we was absolutely spot on. We was oh, right yeah, for sure. And then that fourth quarter came in, and I mean, he just shot the lights out. I mean, Jamal Murray was absolutely sensational in this series. And I think that was the major difference in this series that, you know, Jokic outplayed AD, who you know you can argue whether he he's the he's the best player in the Lakers. He's his impact is he's the most valuable player. His impact without him playing playing well, the Lakers don't stand. They a go chance. as he goes. Yeah, they go as he go. So he didn't outplay Jokic, and Jamal Murray outplayed LeBron James. I mean, it's just that simple. Jamal Murray was absolutely sensational in this series, and you know, I I. I I attribute it to two things because even though this was a sleep, the Lakers were in all, all four of these games. They were. The margin of, of victory for the Nuggets throughout four games was six points. Was six points. And it was a sweep. I mean, th- this series, because I mean, this series, because he's been 4 1, 4 0 Lakers, if we yeah. look at it. I mean, just a couple of shots there. I think what I think, I'll tell you what I think the turning point was in this series. The fourth, the fourth quarter. It was it was a it was a it was a swinging game too. I think somebody turned the ball over, and I think Jamal Murray came down and hit hit like a step back three. And well, okay, I, I think I think the fourth quarter of game two was the turning point in this series because the Lakers were up thirteen in the third quarter. Oh yeah, and the 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 Nuggets just went on an absolute avalanche. No pun intended, and that just completely. And I we 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 talked kind of off there about after what was game two. I said, man, I think it's over now, because I I don't see you know if, if you can't to lose in that fashion, and then you know come back home being up against this team with this all time talented player in Jokic, it's just too much to ask for the Lakers. And you know, 
Yeah, this team, this team look, and this team is playing on a mission. Denver, they are, and you know, I'm I'm not really, I I don't really like Mike Malone. Not that I, not that I don't, not that I think he can't coach. I think he's an exceptional coach. I really don't like, you know, the the rhetoric that he comes with after the game. He does a lot of whining and complaining. And he's still talking and, and, right and, and now. belly aching about, uh, uh, you know, the lack of respect that they're getting. Act like I mean, been here, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he went on, he went on the rampage about, you know, after game one because everybody was talking about, you know, the adjustments they made with Rui, and he's saying, oh, the narrative, you're not giving us enough credit, man. Look, coach your team. Yeah. Who, I mean, you, who, you, you won the game. Who cares what, what the outside perception is? Absolutely. But with that being said, though, I think there is something to be said about that type of mindset because Denver has been the number one seed in the Western Conference for the majority of the year. And it seemed like every time somebody was talking about, you know, who's the favorite to win it, their name never was the first name to come up. So I think they are playing with that that type of mindset and they are playing with that chip on their shoulder and it's showing because they, they've, they, they've, they've got a, lot of, a number of guys that are playing very well right now and – you know, I'll get into, you know, uh, Le- LeBron James and his future and the Lakers' future after I let you go. But I just think it simply came down to the Denver Nuggets were the better team. I don't think that the Lakers played particularly bad. Was it a few other things I would like to see go wrong? And, you know, a lot of the matchups at times, what I would like to see them going differently, because I told you I thought that D'Lo was unplayable in this series. I told you that after game one. And that – proved to be true mm-hmm. because he I mean if he's not making shots he has no value for you and I, I'm sorry I, I gotta do this I mean I gave him credit a number a couple of other shows and I've been critical of him so if I'm, I gotta be I mean and we've seen this a number of times and I just I just talked about Jamal Murray yeah he played great but does it really take him getting 30 points in the first in the first half of a playoff game before you decide that you have to get the ball out of his hands Darwin I mean, we've seen this a number of times. It was a game earlier this year where Ja had like 27 in, in, in one quarter against the Lakers, and they, they just let – I mean, they, they did not force the ball out of his hands. They just continued to let him get in the lane. I mean, at what point do you decide to you have to get the ball out of a, a guy's hands? I mean, it takes him getting up to 30 in the first half, and you decide you need to do that? You did in the second half, and, you, yeah, you pretty you stymied him in the second half. I think he only had like, a, like maybe nine – well, not seven points in the second half of that game. But, you know, it's just little things. When you're going up against a team like Denver, little things like that carry tremendous weight in the outpack and, out, uh, and the impact of a series like this. But all in all, Denver was the better team. And, you know, we're going to talk a little bit later about who we think they'll face in the finals. But whoever they face, they'll go in as the favorites. And I think they should because they got a, t- a really good team and they got an historically great player. So Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, Denver just proved to be the better team. That's just simply what it came down to. Um, like like you said, we talked about what this series was going to kind of come down to um, in a sense of AD and LeBron being able to cancel out Jokic and Murray. And like you said, to a number standpoint, they kind of did that in a sense. And we both said that this was kind of this was going to be a series that was pretty predicated on your role players. Mm-hmm. And when the Lakers role players, when you look at D'Lo, who, was, who played absolutely awful, this was going to come down to, can D'Lo be better than MPJ? Can Schroeder be better than KCP? Can Rui be better than um, Bruce Brown? Can they be better than 
Aaron Gordon. That's what this this series was going to come down to because you know what your stars are going to do. I would like to see LeBron not shoot as many threes, shooting 26, oh, 26% from the three. But, like you said, I was shocked that it was a sweep. But all in all, I wasn't shocked that the Nuggets won because I feel like it would, this this was going to take every for everything to go right for the Lakers to win this series. And like you said, it was it was just a cup a, a a loose ball here, a missed shot there. That's really it was. Mm-hmm. That's really what it was because the Lakers were in all of these games, man. This in all my years of watching basketball, this is the most competitive sweep I've ever seen. Yeah, ever. Yeah, where it comes down to the wire. But here's what I want to pinpoint on, and then I'll kick it to you because I know you want to talk about LeBron's future, which I I don't buy into because. I believe he's coming back, but mm-hmm. I'll let you have that. This is what I want to dive into. When and when you're first, whatever you whatever you want to say, best player or the Lakers go as they go. When Anthony Davis has a going into the fourth quarter, has eleven points and is shooting three or twelve, you really don't have a chance. Because I said in this series, Anthony Davis has to be dominant, and like you said, if you just look at the numbers. The numbers don't tell the stories of this series because AD averaged, I believe, what do you average? 20, 20, 28, I think. 28 and, and 11 or something like mm-hmm. that. When you look at when you look at those numbers, you say, oh, man, Anthony Davis balled out. But if you really watch that series, you can tell that the, his impact was not there. He was not felt. He had to be dominant early in the in the in in these games. And like I said, when you when going into the fourth quarter, you, you got 11 points and you're 3 or 12. That's just not gonna cut it, man. So, Anthony Davis, man. I don't know. It's been the ups and downs and ebbs and flows with him, pretty much since he's came to L.A. Well, since the bubble, since they won the bubble chip. So, I don't know, man. Like I said, I w- I was shocked that it was a sweep, but all in all, I'm not shocked that Denver won the series. But I'll kick it back over to you because I know you want to talk a little bit about LeBron's future. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. But before I get into LeBron, that, that's a good point that you just made about you know. Anthony Davis and you know his inconsistencies, which is well documented. But I want to before I get to LeBron, I do want to say something real quick about Nikola Jokic. Is that um, you know, you know, like I said, Mike Malone comes out. He says, you know, one one of the things he came with after the series was his main thing was you know give him his damn respect. And you know, I I don't know if I would go to that extent. I mean, because I mean, the guys won two Two MVP. Yeah, I mean that you can't get more respect than that. But I do think there is a certain you know. There's a certain, not to say narrative, but I do think there's a certain position about many out there that's, you know, not willing to buy into what we're seeing from this guy. And I, I think, you know, well, what he's been able to do throughout these playoffs, obviously, you know, being a two-time MVP, if there, I think if there's any doubt about is this guy really, a, a, really an all-time great talented player, an impactful player, I think those questions have been pushed uh, p- pushed in the trash can and swept to the side. Now, you know, regardless of what happens, and I'll get into uh, what what I think what should happen if he does win. But regardless of what happens, I think this guy has answered the bell. He he is legit, and he is he is definitely validated both of his MVPs. There there's no doubt about that. I mean, you know, you know, how I feel about this guy. I love him. I mean, he he's just a joy to watch play. The just the, the just the just the basketball genius that he displays out in the court is just a simply joy to watch, and. You know, you look at the way he's performed in these playoffs. 
he like I said, he's validated any naysayers that they had that may have tried to doubt his MVPs. I think you you questioned it at some point in time. You had your reservations on it. And I think, you know, if he ultimately caps this off and propelled him, I mean, we would have no choice but but to call him the best player in the NBA, in my opinion. And I and in my opinion, coming from me, I would wholeheartedly agree. He will have earned that crown just the way Giannis earned it two years ago. Absolutely, he will have earned that. Because the thing about the thing about the best player in the NBA, it, it, it's it's only something that's like you know a nine question, like you know like in LeBron his prime, we didn't we didn't have to question who the best player in the NBA was for X amount of years. It's only like that when, when you're dealing with goat, goat like goat like players, like the best players in the sport usually don't keep that reign for you know eight, nine, ten years. So, like I said, he will have earned that crown if he ultimately caps this off, and you know we'll see how that ha- uh, what, what what that turns out into being. But yeah, Nikola Jokic is is the real deal, and I don't think that we should be questioning that after this point. Now to LeBron James. You said you don't buy into it at all, huh? No, I don't. Yeah, I, I really don't either. But LeBron I, is not leaving this league without a farewell farewell tour. So get that out of your yeah. Head, so. I, I agree. I, I don't. I don't believe he's going to retire uh, after this season. I do think that was just you know he had a moment of emotions, just being disappointed that the season didn't turn out the way that it did. We've seen it before. We've seen you know many players talk like that after the season is in. And you know who I, I, who can you how can you blame? I mean, you disappointed. I mean, you got swept. You disappointed in the way the season ended. So obviously, you know you're gonna talk unfiltered. Uh, I'm pretty sure if that microphone was put in his face today, I'm pretty sure that that answer would be different to that. But I do think it's something to be. It's not something to be ignored that he actually, you know, acknowledged and talked about retirement for the first time in 20 years. I don't mm-hmm. think that we can ignore that. And for the most part, you know, when asked a question like that or something close to that, he's always said, well, you know, I feel like I got put in the bag and my my goal is to ultimately play with Bronny. I'm starting to get the sense of what I've been hearing lately that that's probably not what Bronny wants. Probably not, and I can understand that. You know. Bronny wants his own path. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if that if that is the only thing that's kind of keeping LeBron going at this point, then why wouldn't he, why wouldn't he sit up there and say that he's considering retirement? Like again, like I said, I don't believe that's what he's gonna do. Uh, but I I do believe there's something to be said about him acknowledging retirement for the first time in his career. I don't think he I don't think he's gonna be. I I don't think that's what's gonna happen. I just think that was raw emotion coming from from a guy in your twenty who has played who has played the more most minutes than any other player in the history of the game. And I just think, you know, he was raw at that point in time. So that's why I feel about that. As far as the Lakers are concerned and their future going forward, I really don't think that there really needs to be any wholesale changes. Yeah, I, no I, drastic changes. I, I, I obviously, I'm not I'm not, I'm not letting Austin Reeves walk out the door for nothing. Yeah. If, if, if I have to strap if, if I have to strap uh, dynamite to the door as he walking out, <laughs> I have to do that. But you match whatever 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 any other team matches, you match it. Absolutely. And you can't take the chances of him going nah, somewhere and budding into a No, nah, you can't you can't let this guy walk out. You gotta try hard to resign Rui as well. If you can keep Lonnie Walker, Dennis Schroeder, because you have and all this talk out there being about, you know, Kyrie and 
and Trey Young, which I think is absolute would absolutely be the worst thing. I, I I don't know what who who would think that would be a good idea to bring Trey Young unless unless you can somehow retain Austin Reeves while bringing in Trey Young. Then I can kind of see that because then nah, I still don't like it. Be, nah, because then in a, in a sense he would be he would be you know replacing D'Lo, and I think he would he if we would agree that he's a he's an upgrade from D'Lo when you think that. But here's my thing: you'll be in the same situation. The Lakers need a guard, a, a point guard who can defend, because right, you'll right. be in the same situation yeah, that you were I with mean, D'Lo. I, I, I they were seeking think, seeking him out. I yeah, mean, you'd I, be in the same situation. I, I don't with think that, but I think you know what they're trying to say is you wouldn't get you know the just the complete no show on the offensive end that you got I, from D'Lo. I, I understand. So that. I, I can see that, but yeah, you still would have the problems of uh, of a guy who you know who doesn't give you much yeah, on defensive who's end. Very miniature and Trey Young yeah. who. Let's let's be honest. He's not an efficient player. He's an inefficient shooter. Since he's came in the league, he's led the league in turnovers. So I, I don't really see how that's the move that really propels the Lakers to the next step. Look, I think you just continue to build around what you got. You go into next season hoping that LeBron and AD can remain healthy for you know the majority of the season, and you bring back you know your your young your young players in Austin Reeves and Rui. Because the thing about when you have young players. Because if you bring someone like Kyrie or Trey Young in, you pretty much know what they are in a sense at this point in their career. Austin Reeves may have a whole other level that he can go to. Who said? Who's to say he can't become he can't become that third star for the Lakers? Right. Who's to say he can't be everything that Kyrie or Trey Young would give you at this point? Who's to say Rui can't be? I don't think Rui will ever be a star, but on a given night, could he have star like impact? Absolutely, he can. So I think you just continue to build around that and hope that those young guys can ascend to another level and you just try and figure out some way the world's biggest jigsaw puzzle, Anthony Davis, you just try to figure out some way where you where you can get him to can play on a consistent level on a nightly basis. Yeah. Somehow. But no, I think that the Lakers don't need to make any wholesale changes. I think Yeah, they- I don't either. Um I think look, and you mentioned the D Lo thing. I'm not I'm not gonna completely come out here and kill D Lo. I was telling another guy this the other day. D Lo was really good for the Lakers this year. Especially when he was eight when he you know, he got hurt early on when he when he was acquired at the trade deadline. And but when he came back he he provided some really good minutes and provided some really good sparks in that starting lineup. So I'm not gonna just throw him away on one bad series. I trust him and he's coming out saying, you know, I, I can be I can be the point guard of the future and all this and I do, I do believe that because I like D'Lo. You know, he doesn't give you much on the defensive end, but you know, I'm not just gonna throw him away for for you know one bad series. But other than that, like you said, I wouldn't make any whole like any anything that would bring detriment or anything like that. I wouldn't make any major changes to 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 this roster. You know, obviously retaining Austin Reeves and Rui are probably the number one priority on your on your board right now. But yeah, I like I said, I, I I like this team, I like this team, I really do. Mm-hmm. So I wholeheartedly agree with you. I wouldn't make it. I wouldn't make any drastic changes. Uh, the Ky- the Kyrie thing, you know, obviously that's that's always rumors. But you talk about Anthony Davis inconsistent on the basketball court. Kyrie is just as inconsistent off of the basketball mm-hmm. court. So you know you can't really rely on. We know. It, Everything that happened with his antics. So, I don't know if I would really go for that. I would probably continue to build around the young guys and, and 
disrespectful man. But I think you really got a good team. And with a with an off season and a training camp with this team, exactly. Because th- this was just put together on the fly. Exactly. And and because LeBron was hurt when all these guys were acquired, so if he can come back and, and healthy, you know, there's it's been reported that he may possibly have surgery on that foot. And if he can come back and get that better, and this team can get an off season and a training camp together. It, I think I think you got something exactly, and that's the thing. You have something right now that you know that works. I don't think I don't see how you you try and you know pivot away from that because for the longest time, what you what you lacked from the, what the Lakers have lacked it, it is that camaraderie. You know, I think Rob Polika spoke to that. You know, you know after the season on the last interview, you know they have some some camaraderie going right now with this unit. Which when you look at the Lakers the last couple of seasons. It's been, you know, mix and match pieces and different lineups, you know, in and out. You have something that you know that works now. You know that Austin Reeves is able to go out and play great alongside Anthony Davis and LeBron James. You know that Rui can, uh, uh, is capable of, you know, being effective in, in big playoff games. They, they, these young guys have shown you that. So I don't see how you go in and try and, you know, you know try and, you know, shake up the makeup of this team and pivot to something else. I just think you build I – I just think you take what you have and try to expand upon it. Absolutely. Because – you know, like 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 we said, no matter what goes into next year, if you go into next season with Anthony Davis and LeBron James healthy, you got a chance to win with that. So it's not like you need to go out and you know, oh, we need to get another superstar to go around now. Like I said, you do have two superstars now that you really can't count on to stay healthy. Now that that that's going to be something that a uh, major concern. But I think you know. With this team, they've shown you how well they're capable of playing in the playoffs. So you have to, you know, just take that and build upon it. And I think I, 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 I like the team. I really do. And we'll see how many players they're able to retain. But I do like this Lakers team. I'm not killing them for losing this series against the Nuggets. Because like I said, I believe the Nuggets were just a better team. But I do think you can take what you have right now and build upon it. And that can put you right in in in, in the midst of being a championship continuing game, team again next year. So. Absolutely. So, enough about the the Nuggets' previous opponent. opponent. We got to talk about their possible next opponent in the finals. So, we both talked about, you know, last show, the Heat versus the Celtics. And uh, the Heat started off, came out guns a-blazing. Came to to Beantown and stole both home games and then went back to Miami and and won another game and and they were up 3-0. And now the Celtics have came storming back and won the previous two games now at 3-2. And I think I picked the I picked the Celtics. Did you pick the Celtics in this one? Did you pick them in seven? I picked them in six. Six. I think I picked them in seven. But they, and we've talked about this too. The Celtics have been up and down all year. And they... One game they'll come out and, and and they'll look like the best team on the planet during the regular season that was, and then they they'll lose to Orlando or somebody, and it's been constant with them all year long like this, and so and even in the first round playoff match, you know, playing with their food against Atlanta, so we've seen this multiple times from from the Celtics. Now these past two games they've been playing they've been playing a lot better, but. What chance do you give the Celtics of coming back and making history and being the first team to come back from a 3-0 deficit? I give them a great chance. I give them a great chance. I I, I still felt 
even when they went down 3-0, I still felt very confident that they were going to come back and, really? and, still, and still make this a competitive series. Not, not saying that I thought they were coming back. Come back because here's the thing. In these last two games, you can kind of see it more than evident. Like, there is no doubt in my mind that when Boston plays the way that, they, that, they more, that they're capable of playing, that they're, they're a far more superior team than the Miami Heat. And I think what you've seen, what you've seen these last two games is you've kind of seen the Miami Heat come back to, you know, revert back to the mean and kind of play to the team that they've been all year. You know, Jimmy Butler these last two games has not performed at the level that he's been, that he's been, that he, he, ain't, he ain't been playoff Jimmy these last two games. Um, they really haven't shot the ball as well as they did, you know, through the, through the first three games of this series. And Jason Tatum has been Jason Tatum for the most, for the most part, Jason Tatum is outside of the exception of game three. For the most part, Tatum has been Tatum. Now he does; he is very careless with the basketball. Very careless, and you know, I think the whole Boston Boston Celtics team, you know, in general, is really. But you know, when, when they play the way they've been, the, the way they've exempt these last two games, where they've been playing, which is flex their depth, make shots, and take care of the basketball, Miami doesn't stand a chance. And you know, the reason why I give you know, them a great chance to still win this series. Well, I'm not going to say a great chance. I give them a, I give them a chance. Is the injury to Gabe Vincent, that really that's can, huge. That, that, that's, that's huge. huge. That really concerns me. I think he me. set out just because they, so? they had something to yeah, play with. Yeah, okay, yeah, that, that may be the case. But if for some reason he can't be himself, then, you know, I, I think that's a call for concern. I think this is, is, is going to come down to this. Who's going to – because I do believe that Tatum is going to play big uh, in this in this game six because they're going to need him to. Which Bam is going to show up, and can the Miami Heat make this a close game late into the fourth quarter? Because that that that's where most of Boston's inefficiencies, I think, where their 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 head is late in games. They they've struggled in late in games in a number of situations this year. Because we've alluded to, they they really don't play with that same intensity and toughness that they play with, and that they that they play with mostly under Ami Udoka. And I think that has a lot to do with it. If this if this is if if the Miami Heat can keep this game close down the stretch and and, and down the crunch time into the fourth quarter, I think they they'll give themselves a better chance to win this game. Now, because if, we've seen Jimmy Butler in clutch situations, and he exactly. just, just came through. So exactly. So if this, I think if this is a close game late in the game, I think it be, it bodes well for the Miami Heat. Now you may say, why would you think that when you just said they're clearly the better team? For some reason, Boston just doesn't thrive. You know, close. They in don't close out the game. Yeah, yeah. Just, and for good. that, I think that's going to be a key. I think, you know, if Miami can somehow keep this game close into the fourth quarter, I think that's going to decide whether that you can't you can't be down 15 14 15 going to the fourth quarter and expect for the Boston Celtics to fold. You know, they they kind of they got a lot of that Golden State Warrior going on to them. They 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 do a lot of front running, you know, Tatum, you know, when they when they're up, you know, he'll pull up threes and hit him and look to his mom and look at the crowd and do all this what what, what stuff, but they've shown a lot this year when, you know, when you put pressure on them and you know, you know the throat starts to get a little tight. That they'll they'll kind of fold, for lack of a better word. They're kind of fold. So I think that's what's going to be the key, because I don't believe Miami can win a, ball, a game seven in Boston. I don't either. Now you may say, how could you think that after they took the first two in Boston? I was say, nah. With that with that momentum shift, 
and what that crowd is going to be like and the momentum that you have completely shifted to Boston at that point, I think, you know, at, you, 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 your fish has been gutted, filleted, and ready to be fried. So Miami has to win. Miami has to close out this game. So, they have so to game six is a must win for, for Miami. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I, I, I do give the Celtics a, a big shot, a, a good shot. But the key to them, the key to the Celtics winning this game is Jalen Brown has got to play better. I mean, he's been absolutely awful in this series. 17.6, shooting 41% from the field and 20, 20% from the three. Mm-hmm. So, and as as the second best player, he's averaging 17.6. And if you look at the Heat, Jimmy is averaging 24.2. But if you look at the supporting cast around Jimmy, I mean, Caleb Martin is the second Caleb leading, been is the second leading scorer at 17.6. Uh, Gabe Vincent is the third leading scorer at 17.5, and Bam is fourth at 16.2. So when you look at that, Jalen Brown's the second leading scorer at 17, and you got two other supporting casts averaging the same as he's averaging on, for the Miami Heat. That just can't happen. No. That can't happen. So in order for the Celtics to win this series, and like I said, I, I give them a good chance. I give them a good shot because – we know who Jason Tatum is, two two time first first team All NBA player. We know what Jimmy Butler is, but like you said, Miami has to win this game six. They, they have, have to. to. It, it's it is, imperative for them. It, it, it's game a six. must win game six. Is a must win for Miami because if you look at it, when when a team goes up three zero, now all the pressure is on Miami now. Yeah. Because Boston, yep. they're playing free. They're playing, you know, we, you know, people is counting us out already. We, we really got nothing to lose. So, I believe Boston, if they come out and play like they played in these last two games, for sure. Because if you look at these last two games versus the first three games, in the first three games, when a team is just better than you, you can tell. You can tell. But in the first three wins, I don't think it was so much that the Heat were better than them. It was things that were fixable that the Celtics were not doing. Like Great point. Closing out and rotating. Great that point. can be fixed. Um, boxing out. That can be fixed. When a team is just more talented, talented than you, that can't be fixed. Yeah. So I think the Celtics are, are yeah. far more talented. But they were just doing things that weren't sustainable. Right. And, and that needed to be fixed. And now that they that they've it looks like these last two games they they've they've been able to to fix that. And now if they can continue to do that into these next two games, if there is a game seven, I believe I give them a great shot to win. Yeah, like that, that's a great point. I mean, looking at I mean, you you look at both conference conference final series, and you can you can look at it through completely opposite lenses. I mean, the Lakers go down three zero. We all said it's over. No way they're coming back against this team. Boston go down three zero. You like I still give them a shot because yeah. because of just because of pretty much what you just said. A lot of the stuff that that was causing them, you know, th- you know that that was a lot of the problems that were surfacing for them not winning was completely you know correctable. Right. You can go back on tape and look and fix that. Those can be yeah. fixed. So. And on the opposite side with the Lakers, I mean, a lot of that stuff is like we just said. It just simply came down to Denver was just a better team. Yeah. I don't think nobody will sit here with you know and sit here and say that Miami's obviously a better team than Boston. No. So yeah, I give I, like like I said, Game Six is a must win for Miami. 
You're absolutely right about Jalen Brown. He has to be better. And, you know, if they because 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 pretty much if those two superstars, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and the law firm, if they play to the level that they're capable of being, they're automatically going to be in the game. Yep. Because Boston does. I mean, excuse me, Miami doesn't have anything to uh, to usurp that. Absolutely, I totally. I mean, agree. because Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum playing at their absolute best is that they can is far beyond anything. They can be beyond Jimmy Butler, who's Miami's best player. So. Yeah, you're absolutely right about Jalen Brown. He has to be better, and this is a must-win because I don't see how any chance Miami survives a game seven in Boston after momentum would have been flipped like that. And I'm kind of rooting for it, too, because I, I, I do believe that Boston and Denver has a chance to be an all-time great NBA Finals if that ends up to be the matchup. I really do. Absolutely. I don't give Miami, I don't give Miami much of any chance against Denver. Absolutely. I really don't. So, you know, we'll both be tuned in, and then – so, uh, yeah, next time we'll be back, we'll give our final uh, predictions. Yeah, I do want to get your big news today. I do want to get your take on uh, DeAndre Hopkins being released by Arizona. I really don't have a landing place for him. Where would you like to see him go? Buffalo. Buffalo. Buffalo's, Buffalo's a logical choice. I think he even voiced, you know, some things. Some, he said some things recently that he would like to, you know, play for Josh Allen. I'm just not sure. I I, I just enough, I mean not sure there's enough balls. No, I I, I I'm just not. I, I've said this before. I'm just not really the biggest believer in Josh Allen, man. He, he he's got. I mean, he's got turnover issues. Yeah, I mean, and and we've seen like we've seen him work like rear his ugly head, you know, in the postseason. Lady, I, I just don't. I just don't know if that would that would be the thing that would to me them acquiring DeAndre Hopkins that would be. You know, be like, okay, Buffalo's the other team to beat now. I don't think that would do it for me because I still have my major reservations on Josh Allen. I really do. Not to say he's not a great player, but I just I don't know if that would do it for me. But as, as far as as far as DeAndre Hopkins goes, wherever he does go, it's gonna be a big deal because I think that we both said, you know, we we did a ranking earlier this year. We we talked about he's still top we, five. We still, yeah, we still had new, we still said that Diab's a top five receiver and. I don't know. I, I I don't see any reason why the Chiefs wouldn't be knocking down his door. I, I really don't. That. I can see that. But, I mean, with the Chiefs, I think, you know, the success that they've had would kind of, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes came out and said, um, Patrick Mahomes came out and said, you know, last year at the beginning that when he said, sorry, fantasy owners, we're going to, we're going to divvy it up and, you know, it's going to be – it'll be somebody different every game. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I think that they've had – that they had a lot of – so much success with that and, you know, not really depending on that Tyreek Hill type type of receiver and not the deep threat, not the, the big possession receiver. Because, I mean, they got a possession receiver in Tra- Travis Kelsey. Yeah. So, I mean, I can see that the Chiefs, you know, going after a guy right, like that. I mean, why wouldn't you? But – I think that the Chiefs have had have shown that they can have success not having that legit number one receiver because Patrick Mahomes is that is that is that transcendently great. So. Absolutely, yeah. I don't know, but wherever he goes, it's gonna be a big deal. Absolutely, I'm, man, man. I already miss football, man. I really do. Yeah, it'll Jerry, be here before we know. You better it. not let Dak get his hands on him. You already know that it's gonna be. The the defender will get their hands on him before <laughs> before he 
But that's that. Right, we'll talk about the Cowboys another day. Uh, All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. Yet to an, yet another episode of Brother Love of Sports. We thank you all for your support. Thank you so much. When we come back, we will give you our finals predictions, so make sure you tune in. Thank you.